0: This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church. Transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. I want to invite you to stand up with me as we start this morning. And I want to invite you to uh, spread out your arms as wide as you can. It's a good experience. It really is. Don't hit anybody, but... uh, just spread your arms out as wide as you can. And we're told that uh, studies tell us that chemicals are released in the brain when we do this. Good chemicals. It makes us uh, feel healthier. It releases stress and pressure. In fact, if you're going into a tough conversation or a difficult meeting, something stressful, uh, go find a place that no one can see you so, and just do this. Stretch your arms out and uh, see what happens. Okay, you can have a seat. Now, I didn't give you that little exercise just because that's helpful in terms of relieving stress. But I gave us that uh, posture this morning because I really believe that is the posture of God. You know, imagine what God looks like. No one has ever seen God, but Jesus Christ has come to make him known. And if, if God was standing before us, what's the posture that God has? if not with open arms, uh, with with an open spirit. Anyone that has this posture is approachable. It's like uh, God is waiting for us to uh, step up and complete the embrace. Today we're talking about tell. We've been talking about five T's of transformation, and we're talking today about how lives are transformed. By telling, telling the good news, sharing the good news, talking the good (laughs) news, living the good news. And uh, what we're looking at today is this, this understanding of who God is. And to me, one of the most powerful mountaintops verses of Scripture that I want to stake my claim on And there's several of them, but this is one of them, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, and He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to look at some Scripture together from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You can uh, look it up on your phone if you want to. You can follow along on the screen. I'm going to be reading from the NLT, the New Living Translation, and we're going to walk through this whole idea of um, what what is it like to be a messenger, someone that is a messenger of this good news, as well as we're going to be looking specifically at what the message really is of the good news of God. So here Paul starts out, he's, he's talking to some people that don't like him, Hard to do, isn't it? Or people that are suspect of him. And there's some people that's been claiming to be spectacular and the real deal, and they've been poo-pooing Paul. And so Paul writes these words. It is because we know the solemn fear of the Lord that we work so hard to persuade others. God knows that we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we trying to pat ourselves on the back again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us so that you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart before God. If it seems that we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Whatever we do, it is because Christ's love controls us. Christ's love controls us. So, what is Paul saying about anyone that's a messenger or anyone that's telling the good news? He's telling us the importance of being sincere. He te- he's telling us not to put on a front, he's telling us not to pretend to be something you're not, not to pre- be- begin to be spectacular. Or if things happen in ministry, don't pat yourself on the back. Give glory to God. He's telling us to be transparent and real and sincere. And if we can't be that, then we're not very good communicators of the good news. In other words, it's kind of like being open to people and approachable. And then he goes on and says more then about what it is that Christ has done for us. This is the message. Since we believe that Christ died for everyone, we also believe that we have died to the old life we used to live. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live to please themselves. Instead, they will live to please Christ who died. And was raised for them. Now we get to the centrality of the good news. The gospel. Paul is saying for whoever receives this Jesus. You're reconciled to God. This Jesus who died for our sins. And was raised again. That's the centrality of the good news. That Jesus Christ died. Suffered horrendously, in open shame for us on the cross. And he was raised again from the dead. Now, this morning, we're in a Methodist church. We're in a Protestant church. We're in a church that has the empty cross. Does anyone want to tell me why we have the empty cross? Theologically, anyone know? Christ is risen so we emphasize the empty cross I grew up in a small country church and I remember as a boy listening to this preacher and I remember him talking about the cross and I remember him talking about the gruesomeness of Jesus's suffering and I know as a boy in the pew I can visualize myself I remember myself crying, weeping, because of the reality of what Jesus Christ had done for me. It was a reality. I also know that there was just a a very plain wooden cross in the place where I used to worship. But you know what, folks? There's also the crucifix. In the Catholic tradition, in the Greek Orthodox tradition, we have the crucifix. And last Sunday, I wasn't here. I was in New Hampshire. It was a beautiful, incredible day. They're getting snow this weekend. I'm glad I'm here this weekend here. But I was out walking in the woods on this path, and I got lost, kind of. Not really, but sort of. And I'm walking my way back into this Greek Orthodox campground where we're staying, and I find my bearings... The first thing that tells me I'm on my right bearings is I spot the church. I see the church. And I go inside this Greek Orthodox church. The front door is locked. I find the side door. And in the Greek Orthodox tradition, there's not hardly any chairs. There's chairs just in the side. And you stand for two hours for worship. Don't ever complain to me about how long, our And so I'm in this Greek Orthodox church last Sunday afternoon. And I'm standing there looking at the crucifix. I'm looking at the man on the cross. I'm looking at a likeness, a figure, to remind me of the real suffering. That Jesus went through for me and the same kind of feelings that came over me as an eight-year-old boy in front of an empty cross came over me again as a 62 year old man in a Greek Orthodox country church and I pulled up a chair and I started talking to Jesus And friends, what I'm saying is that the gospel is both. We need the empty cross, but we need the crucifix. We need need both expressions. That is the gospel, that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross for our sins, and he was raised again, that we might be justified before God. That is the gospel. And so any way that you and I tell the story, we're going to put it in our own sauce we're going to have different expressions. We're going to have different experiences. That's cool. But when we tell the good news, man, if we're faithful to the gospel, you're going to talk about the cross and you're going to talk about the resurrection. In some way, we, we, this has got to happen to us. This is a gift of salvation. This is the gift of eternal life that it's then and there we open up our, our hearts and our arms to God who is standing there like this toward us, Jesus on the cross. And becoming a Christian is returning the embrace and receiving. His great sacrifice, His great love, the forgiveness of sins, the assurance that God is living inside of us. And we don't have to worry about shame and guilt. We're released from that because we have accepted the full sacrifice of Jesus. And it makes us new people. So let's read on to what Paul says about what happens to us, to anyone So that on the basis of this, so we have stopped evaluating others by what the world thinks about them. Once I mistakenly thought of Christ that way as though he were merely a human being. How differently I think about him now. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore. (laughs) They are not the same anymore. For the old life is gone. A new life has begun. So what happens to us is that we don't look at people anymore the way we used to look at people. Paul says, I used to look at Jesus, and I didn't think anything of him because he was just a poor peasant guy. He had no education. He had no status. He had no position. He had no wealth. He had no claim on my life. But boy, how how has that changed? And he says, I never look now on any human being in the same way. You know, you get on Facebook, and and based on your behavior and based on what you post, I just learned this this week. They can tell you uh, your political affiliation and all these labels that they give you based on your behavior and what you post on Facebook. We live in a world that we post, we label people. And we live in a fractured country and a fractured culture because we just label people. I'm guilty of this. I look at someone, I talk to someone in 10 seconds, and I've got you figured out. That's just not right. And and the gospel says when Jesus' love is in our hearts, we just don't do that anymore. Uh, One of my thrills in in life uh, about 10 years ago was to go to uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in Brooklyn, New York. I was there with uh, Switzer Youth about 10 years ago, and when you go to Brooklyn Tab, uh, Jim Simbola is the, the pastor there, and his wife is the director of the choir. And they converted this old theater into a place of worship. And we were there at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and we had to line up to get into the building. And you had to really squeeze in to find a seat, and you were glad to find one. It is a rocking place in a bad part of town where people of all walks of life come in. And Jim Simbola has been doing this for 30, 40 years. And there's one Easter Sunday, there was this guy that walked up toward him and he stunk. He smelled worse than any human being, according to Jim Simbola, could ever smell. And Jim Simbola knows what I know. When someone looks like that, walks toward me, they want money. And so Jim Simbola says, Sir, we don't have any money to hand out. But the man doesn't want money. He says, Sir, Reverend, put away your money. I don't want your money. I want this Jesus who you've been talking about. And I want, I want to know that if this Jesus can do for others and do for me what you say he can do, I want Jesus That's what I want. And the man found Jesus that day. or Jesus found him. And he went into detox. And now he's he's a leader and a member of the staff. Because he got Jesus. And I don't want to make this any harder than it really is. Because I think sometimes as a preacher, I get in the way of God. You want Jesus? You want reconciliation? That's the heart of it. That's what we're about. We're not here to just do good things. We recognize that everyone, that Christ died for everyone, everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs reconciliation. Everyone needs the release of shame and guilt. Everyone needs to know the mercy of God and they're reconciled with god we got a a couple that live over here in tanglewood apartments mike and becky i love the story of mike and becky mike was in jail the beginning of this year and when he got out of jail he started walking the church parking lot there's a lot of people that walk our parking lot And when he got out of jail, he was drawn, he said. He was just drawn to the outreach center. We believe it was the Holy Spirit that was just drawing him there. And he went to church at the center. And there he he came back to God. He came back to God. And, And now he's living this new life. And now he's serving. And I've talked with him personally at times, at Barbecue with Bob and the Holy Spirit Day. A very humble, gentle person. His wife, Becky, says he's not harsh like he was. So here's a man, a year ago, was in in jail. Uh, Abused alcohol, drug user, harsh toward his wife and family. A new person in Jesus, reconciled to God. And we become new people our paths are different. Some of us live the the shameful life or uh, a a life of of many regrets of what we've done or brokenness or abusing people or abusing drugs or hurting people or harming people or maybe have a record. But others of us have been cold-hearted and religious and uncaring and (laughs) unloving unwelcoming, prideful, both of us, all of us, can come to God and be reconciled to God. Well, let's, let's read on the rest of the chapter. It just keeps getting better. All this newness of life is from God, who brought us back to Himself through what Christ did. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the wonderful message He has given Us to tell others we are Christ ambassadors and God is using us to speak to you we urge you as though Christ himself were here pleading with you be reconciled to God for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ as a little boy, I heard the gospel presented this way, that God is like a judge, and God is sitting there, and, and we are the defendant, and we're standing before God, <laughs> and we are guilty as charged. We are guilty as sin. Um, it's very clear, it's very evident that I don't have God's love. I, I've messed up my life. I've hurt other people. I've fallen short of the glory of God. What do I do? But Jesus is our advocate. Jesus is our attorney. He's the one that stands with us. And he says to the judge, Father, for the judge is his father, I will stand in their place. I will take the sentence on myself. I will take the punishment myself. I will step in. And because of Jesus' offer, because of God's gracious offer of his son, we are free and we are let go but you know the gospel doesn't end there oftentimes the story ends there but here's the real full gospel after the case is dismissed Jesus and the father the judge they come to us and they say come be a part of our family and Jesus's father the judge becomes our father he's daddy to us and Jesus our advocate is our Savior but he's he's our brother And we are part of this family with God. God wants us to be in the family. And and they invite us to be in the family and invite us home with them. It's this completion of of grace and mercy. That's that's the gospel. And it's not just about some transaction of, whew, I avoided hell. No, it's about this relationship and this adventure that we're on, that now that we have been reconciled to God and we are really set free, God gives us the ministry of reconciliation. We get to tell the good news. We get to share the story. We cannot help ourselves but to do that. So how do you do that? How do you tell the good news? We, I want to just share with you a focus on our youth ministry of how they are sharing and telling the good news. So on Thursday mornings, Max Gifford and Sadie Nell at 7.30 in the morning are in Pershing School. A hundred students voluntarily, they don't have to be there, crowd into the band room. And these seventh graders from Schweitzer share the scripture, share the story, share the love of God, share the hope that we have in Christ. That, That is taking the witness and the message of Jesus out into the daily life out to the school. And then we had high school students that last month gathered bears together, and they went to the pediatric care unit of Cox South. And they didn't just bring bears. They they brought hope. They, They prayed with the families. They prayed with the parents. They brought the good news. They brought the hope. They brought the love of God in Jesus to the hospital, to the hurting, We have a student, Mallory, that uh, tells her story of how God is changing her life. I wanna invite you to watch this and listen carefully to the ways that God is working in her life.
1: The Schweitzer Youth Ministry has changed my life not only when I'm at, at church, I can talk to those people when I'm struggling with something, and they're always there for me and they have great advice. You surround yourself with great people who make great choices, and it gets you out of being in trouble at school. <laughs> when I went through some personal struggles with some family issues, I know that my um, that the church became like a second family, and they were there for me like twenty four seven with whatever I needed, and they always prayed for me, which created a great atmosphere and something that I could look forward to and be happy about when I was having struggles at home. That was the time that I found faith and my hope in God. At Mission Trips, we can oftentimes see um, our work and what we have done to help change the community and um, you get to sometimes make new friends and help them and talk to them about their path and hear their story.
0: So there's an example of a a young woman who talks through her relationships with, with other people in the church, surrounding herself with other disciples of Jesus, God's becoming known to her, and how God is using her now that others may know God through her. And that's that's a witness uh, we as twice as a mission statement say that we are about the business of transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ that's our focus that's our purpose and we say as we worship so coming together for worship as we grow as we're a part of a class or group as we serve in ministry We've also added the word tell this year because we recognize that, you know what, we've we, we got to tell the good news. And we want to get better at this. So as of today, we have on our website um, a place where you can go, sumc.co slash tell. And you can go there and you can see other witnesses, Mallory's witnesses there, other witnesses are there of transformation. And we want to build these videos, and we also want to invite you in the future, can't do it yet, to post some things, to post your story. But here's the most important thing. In your everyday life, in your family, in your home, in your your school life, in, in work, in your neighborhood, what's your posture toward people? is so it like this and are you open and intentional about sharing what christ has done for you you know uh last thursday at nine thirty, i was called over to this place because um we had a fiasco that happened this place was supposed to be done this week and Long story short, we got a defective carpet that was rolled out on Thursday morning, and so this won't be done for a few weeks. And the contractors were there, and the subcontractors were there, and they were all talking, and we were all visiting, and, we were all, and there was some tension in the room. No one was being malicious to anybody, but there was tension in the room. And in the midst of that, I just God just opened up my arms, and I started praying. With all these contractors and subcontractors. That all would be well. (laughs) And it's all going to be okay. And it's all going to work out. And I think that's part of God's reconciling love too. Folks, we got to be on the lookout for the way that God wants to use each of us in our everyday life in bringing the love of God. Are you reconciled to God? Have you received the free gift of Jesus Christ's love, the embrace? Do you recognize that He died and suffered on the cross for you? you believe that He is resurrected from the dead? Have you just received His embrace, sheer gift from God? And if you are, How are you now being an ambassador, a minister of reconciliation to other people in this world? Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you for your embrace. We thank you for the posture, God, that is so approachable and so clear as Jesus stretches his arms out for us. Thank you for the gift that while we are sinners, you became sin for us, (laughs) that we might become right with you, free, alive, new people. Help us now to share that love and that mercy with others. In the name of the Father
1: and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.